It's another edition of the Redbird Report. It's been quite some time since we last spoke with you. Joining you today is Mike Mara, myself, sports editor at the Vedette, and my co-editor, Nate Head. Nate, last night was a fun one. It was a good game. It was nice to see the energy at a pretty high level at Redbird Arena. Um, you could tell there was, you know, especially in the first half, there's kind of a, an added, you know, level of, of competition. There was maybe, you know, a double foul. And, you know, some hard rebounds, loose balls, and uh, the return of the student section but was nice. So, yeah, uh, definitely high, high energy, and it was, uh, yeah, fun night. So we've got a lot to get to here on this edition of the Redbird Report. Obviously, Nate was alluding to Illinois State's 70-57 to victory over Bradley in the first installment of the war on I-74. Obviously, on Valentine's Day, February 14th, uh, Illinois State will take the trip down I-74 to Peoria and take on Bradley for the second time this season. After last night, Illinois State is 10-9 and 4-3 and and in the Valley. Bradley 13-7, 3-4 in the Valley. And I'm trying to think back about when what Illinois State's record was when we last had a Redbird report. I, it has to be, it was probably right before Ole Miss. Yeah, they weren't in, in the December 6th, yeah. So that was what, December 16th. So I mean I am not even going to look at it. You know, we could look it up but I mean it's been a, it's been quite some time a lot has gone on. Obviously we're well into Valley play, 7 games in the Missouri Valley Conference play, but just to give you a quick rundown of what we're going to talk about today, obviously we're going to recap last night's game. We're going to look and talk about the Malik Yarborough factor because obviously by now if you haven't heard that name then you must be living under a rock. Uh, and then we're going to talk about kind of the the coming out of Matt Hine and then the two surprises on the team, and, and Elijah Clarence is, is coming up. Mm-hmm. You know, he was down, playing down, and, and two weeks ago we'd probably be talking about what he needs to do to even see the floor. I mean, he didn't play against Loyola, and there were a few games there where he played, you know, under eight minutes. And so we'll talk a little bit about Elijah Clarence. And obviously the one big one that I think surprises both of us is uh, William Tinsley, a highly regarded transfer student out of Lakeland College, uh, and it just doesn't seem like he's found his way out of a shooting slump. We'll look at the Missouri Valley Conference standings from this year and last year because right now it's just a bunch of teams beating up on each other, and it doesn't look good for some of the teams that are in the middle to the bottom of the Missouri Valley Conference. And then obviously Illinois State goes to Indiana State on Saturday, and we'll take a brief look at that. But obviously let's go back to last night. And I'll tell you what, Nate, for the three years that I've been at ISU, and I know this is something that I asked Dan Muller about on Monday and we were at the at the press conference, this, I think, was Bradley's best team that, that Brian Worldless had. I told you that I kept saying it to everybody that I, I kind of saw last night or talked to. I'm, I'm very high on Brian Wardle. I think he's a great coach. I think what he's doing down at Bradley is pretty incredible. I mean, this is a program that if anybody hasn't had the chance to read Nate's story on on. The I-74 series, take a good read. There's a lot of good stats in there. I mean, people forget that Bradley at one point in the early 2000s was a good program, and I think Brian World is getting them back to that point. Yeah, I think so too, and I, I think that's something that, you know, as you mentioned, it's something that kind of, you know, goes in, in, into the shadows of this of the I-74 series that, you know, not long ago, Bradley was was the Illinois State of this series. Um, right now, everybody's just caught up, you know, in, in terms of ISU is really beating up on them. I think what sixteen out of eighteen, including the last eight. Um, so it's hard to look past that. But also, you know, Bradley they did the same very similar stretch in the early, you know, early two thousands. So, um, you know, as far as last night, I think th- I don't think they played to their potential, and I think we can probably both agree on that. They they didn't shoot 
I mean, let's be honest. Horrific? Yeah. Horrific? I, that's the word that comes to mind. I mean, why? The one, that's the one thing that I kept wondering was why? Mm-hmm. I mean, the play that stands out to me, and I know you took a, a chance to read the game story. Mm-hmm. Uh, my lead was after it was, there was, it was right before the under eight media timeout. Nate Kennel comes up the court on a breakaway. On a breakaway, he doesn't have numbers either. If I can remember the play correctly, it was three on one. He was the only guy. He got a pass from half court right onto the left wing, or the right wing, excuse me, and he just chucks up a three, maybe five seconds into the shot clock. And I remember Illinois State came down with the board, mm-hmm. and Brian Wardle just looked at him as he was trotting back down the court and was like, "What was that?" Mm-hmm. And and that was I'm I'm just like that is the epitome of of what Bradley was last night. I mean, I would agree. Um, they came into the game. You know, in the top half of the of the valley, maybe third. They were thirty eight percent from three for the day for the year yeah. at that point. Last night was I mean, well below five that mark. for twenty eight, including a what was it, oh for twelve start. I mean, <laughs> I was wondering if they were ever you know. It was like the under four. They were like one for fourteen, or maybe yeah. that was the halftime. Yeah, step, I mean, it was like, give them oh give my. them credit for uh, you know continuing to shoot it. I guess I mean because. You know, it's not like, I mean, aside from a couple, including the one you were, you were just talking about, but a lot of them were good looks. It's just, a, it was simply a case of they, they just weren't falling a lot, you know, or in and out or, you know, th- things that I, you know, I thought looked good out of the hand just didn't quite fall. Um, one performance for Bradley that I really stood out in a, in a negative light was um, Daryl Brown. You know, I talked to, uh, you know, Mr. Kirk Wessler uh, for the PJ Star, and, you know, we were talking, I, I said, you know, is this is this a common game for him? Mm-mm. And the answer was a, a very, you know, quick no. no. I mean, he, he's a guy that they turn to for scoring. And, you know, uh, what was it? Wardle? Wardle, yeah. Yeah, uh, okay. Wardle, after the game, you know, he, he referenced Brown and said, hey, you know, I encourage him to shoot. So that's the confidence that, you know, that they have in him. And that, and that you know, it just didn't show last night, 3 for 19. But, yeah. I'll tell you what. I saw he's a sophomore, mm-hmm. and last year as a freshman, uh, last year when Bradley hosted Illinois State at the Carver Arena, uh, I had the opportunity to call that game, and I remember thinking to myself, that kid's going to be good. And then obviously you go down Arch Madness, and one of the – it's it, it was cool as somebody who was there uh, unaffiliated with either Wichita State or Bradley because I thought it was – you know, it was a cool moment. It, it, you know, you always like sports altercations. Right. It's coming at a funny time, obviously, with all the NBA stuff going on. Yeah, uh, you know, yeah. Chris Paul going over the Clippers oh, locker or whatever. <laughs> but uh, I just this is something I won't forget. Daryl Brown is a freshman in the MVC tournament playing. You know, the nationally ranked Wichita State Shockers. They're down by I can't even remember. They're probably down like 30. I mean, they ended up losing by like 40 points to Wichita State. No joke. The score was like 85 to like 48. I, I, this is not a joke. I mean, anybody who, who who followed the tournament last year, it was a pretty ugly game. But it came in, I want to say it was the second half. And I remember I was with Josh Tolentino, sports editor from last year. And all of a sudden, you kind of hear some chirping going on because it's a quiet. I mean, it's a quiet game. It's not one you're being loud for. Even though Wichita does tr- used yeah. to treble, I'm not going to say did treble. Yeah. You know, so. And all of a sudden, I see Daryl Brown getting into it with people from Wichita State, and then all of a sudden, Greg Marshall comes in, mm. and Brown's back was facing me, and all I could see was him like kind of like nodding his head, kind of mm. chirping back at Greg Marshall. Greg Marshall, one of the, you know, it's up for debate, but one of the highly touted mm-hmm. college basketball coaches. And your little Bradley mm-hmm. 
And so they start chirping. So Daryl Brown and and, Wichita, and Greg Marshall are chirping at each other, and then Brian Wardle comes oh. storming across half court, and hit, and Wardle and Greg Marshall are standing like face to face, shouting at each other. And the only thing I think of, I was like, "This is happening right in front of me," and I think it's awesome because it's right. the big dog versus mm-hmm. it, it's David and Goliath. Yeah, That's all it was. And so, so I mean, it's just kind of like between seeing him face ISU and then kind of him standing up to you know the the favorites mm-hmm. of the Missouri Valley Conference last year, the Wichita State Shockers. Uh, I kind of felt he was going to be special. In one game, he had a really good game against Northern Iowa, where along with the entire team, uh, they couldn't miss from yeah. outside. I mean, their second half against Northern Iowa, where they beat Northern Iowa at the Carver Arena, uh, I want to say it was New Year's Eve. Uh, they just shot the ball lights out, and last night was anything but that. Uh, but when you go to Illinois State side, uh, we looked at each other. It was probably, if not at halftime, I know we talked a lot about at halftime, but it was probably right before halftime. Malikia Arboro had four points. Mm-hmm. And Illinois State couldn't buy a shot. Neither team could buy a basket, but for Illinois State, they couldn't buy a basket. But the second half, the two people I was obviously most impressed with uh, is Malik Yarborough. I mean, it's hard not to watch a game of Illinois State and not be like, I'm impressed with Malik Yarborough. But David Njai, and this is a guy that you can you can hold me accountable. And I in the preseason and even when he was hurt about five, six games in, we were talking on this podcast, I was not high on David Njai. But last night he showed really good potential and like his ceiling's pretty high for the rest of the season. Yeah, I think he showed me a lot, you know, too last night. I think he showed a lot of guys. I, I know Malik and, and Keyshawn were talking about it in their post game and, and, and Moeller had a lot to say about him too. Um you know, David there's you know there's still of course some flaws in his game you know for example I think he could be stronger in the post I mean you're seven foot tall and, and he sometimes you know he loses that missile you was one that yeah. that we both looked at each other and said that you got to have right but on the other hand I mean he, he brought down what 12 rebounds or yeah 12 rebounds 12, a new and, career high for him and eight points and including a couple uh you know what those mid-rangers in the corner that were just looked like it was a papa shot for him and not only that but the arc on his shot yeah, it's mean, like oh my so you're he, gonna touch the ceiling he said uh you know he said <laughs> i think it was in the um i think it was in the pantograph he said that he's been practicing that shot and you know that could be an asset if, if he can step out and make that consistently i think that'll help also isu um it definitely needs all the rebounding help they can get. Um, that's kind of been one of the storylines leading up to conference play is that they're getting you know grossly out rebounded, and uh, that was not the case. Well, I guess they they did get out rebounded by you know one, but that's you know not substantial. I'm talking they were getting out double digits. So he definitely plays a big role in that. And you know I think he had a couple block shots, but even the ones he's not blocking, he's I see a lot of times that he's changing the shot or he's making somebody think twice about going up with it when they're driving in. So I think he can definitely, how many minutes does he play, 27 minutes? I think that's about good for him. I think he's been playing less than that. Um, so, yeah, that was good to see. That was definitely an encouraging sign out of, out of David. Yeah, and I think they need that rim protector. Mm-hmm. And if he could be stronger with the ball, obviously you can't really get into weight training and whatnot midseason. Yeah. But, I mean, if he can and, – and, again, I, I don't mean to be critical of him, but from, from year one to about – Last night, it didn't really seem like there was progress. But last night, if he could build off that, he'll have a. I think he'll have a standout senior year, and you're starting to see him start more. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just it. Is he start? He's beginning to start on yeah. the floor, which is a very good sign for Illinois State. Because if you can have a seven footer in that lineup, I mean, it, it could be pretty deadly. And I'm glad the other person 
that I, I mentioned that I was impressed with. Uh, we didn't talk about much during that little segment because it's a perfect segue now to talk about the Malik Yarborough factor. I mean, this is a kid who came out of St. Louis, uh, sat out last year to the NCAA transfer rules, and I remember sitting here about, again, about five games into the season. We were wondering, is Malik Yarborough even going to make it through the season? Right. Is he? How many more times is he going to be suspended? Is he going to start every game? And what kind of? I mean, there was there was he sat out the Quincy game because of stuff that was happening off the court or on the court at practice, and he was just in violation of team rules. And we kind of just sat here like, is he just going to turn into a bust? Are we just going to see any type of Malik Yarborough? And he's matured into what Dan Muller has said is one of the best players in the country, and without a doubt, the best player on this Illinois State team, and probably. Ironically enough, Osiris Eldridge, who's in the house last oh, night, yeah. the most dominant Illinois State player since Osiris Eldridge, it's got to be Malik Yarbrough. And without Malik Yarbrough, this team's in trouble. Oh, I definitely agree. Without Malik, they are, you know, they are without a, a score. I mean, he's a walking bucket. And also, they're without their primary ball handler. I think, you know, Muller mentioned they're looking to kind of get the ball out of his hands in that role. But. You know, they lose a lot of things for him, and, and he also is big on the rebounds. He had 11 rebounds last night, which was a quiet double-double He's a double-double machine. I mean, it's like, okay. But anyways, um, you know, what I noticed about Malik is in the first half, he's not as aggressive as he, you know, um, ends the stretch with or ends the game with. Um, I noticed he'll, he'll kind of settle for for long, for three-pointers or, or things like that in the in the first half. So, but when those fall in the first half, then it just kind of all clicks for him. If he can make the three, then then he's confident driving. But, you know, in the first half, that was not falling. And uh, I think he missed all four of his, you know, three-pointers last night. But in the second half, it was a whole different, you know, Malik. He he came out. He was attacking, you know, for lack of a better word. He He's going right at the hoop. And if he's not scoring it, he's getting fouled. And, you know, he made 12 of his 20 points at the free throw line. So, you know, it's good to see that out of Malik for him to make that adjustment. Um, maybe earlier in the season, after a really frustrating first half, he kind of would have folded up in a big game. They did not need that. So good for him for, you know, making the necessary adjustment at halftime and, and coming out and dropping 16 points and, and leading his team. And, and I think we can both agree, because we texted about it over break. We we texted about it, you know, if, if you're covering a game and I'm not or vice versa. Every time he has the ball in his hands, he's the most dangerous person on the floor. He's dangerous yeah. without the ball, mm-hmm. but he's solidified himself as, without a doubt, probably one of the two favorites for the Missouri Valley Conference Player of the Year. Mm-hmm. And I, I would have to go back, I'm assuming pretty far back, but I don't know the last time Illinois State has had back-to-back Player of the Years in a conference. Obviously, you know, the Missouri Valley hasn't been around uh, you know, the, the entire time of Illinois State. You go back to the Gateway Conference uh and so it, it's 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 it'd be interesting to see you know the number on that and you know hopefully next time I can have that for you, but him and Alize Johnson are going toe to toe and I know you were at that Missouri State game. I mean the two of them are I believe head and shoulders above the rest of the talent in the Missouri Valley Conference. Oh, I think that goes without question. Just you know just seeing those guys on the same court it was pretty apparent that you know they're they're playing on it on a different level than you know the rest of the guys at this point um so yeah that i agree that those two are probably going to be you know the two at the end for you know in, in st louis at the you know at the award show um right now still probably a little t- either one is running away from you know the other so it's still going to be you know a battle to see who can do that i know speaking of a double double machine that's uh mr alizé 
He oh he'll do. God. Yeah. I mean, did you what was see that, that line, monster number? That, that line. I was. It was like twenty. It was 20 like or something. It was. Yeah, I know exactly what game you're talking about because I just saw. Uh, somebody from the standard at Missouri State tweet mm-hmm. out the final box score. Yeah, I remember that. And too. his line was twenty three on that. It was the unofficial mm-hmm. stats. He had twenty four rebound, twenty three rebounds, and twenty points. Yeah. And then I looked the next day just to, you know, <laughs> make sure. I was like, okay, let me just make sure. Stats were wrong. They credit. They gave him. A, they gave him a twenty fourth rebound oh the next day. So he had finished with twenty points and twenty four rebounds, and. I just his numbers are off the charts. He's averaging a double double, uh, sixteen and eleven. I, I, I mean, the kid is unbelievable. Yeah. Thirteen NBA scouts come to Redbird Arena yeah. uh, that Sunday. I believe it was Sunday, January seventh, um, and you, you just saw two guys just go at it. And I, mm-hmm. I'm if that that's a that's a matchup that if it comes down to Arch Madness, Ooh. the two of them. Are gonna, I mean, Alizé's not going to bring the ball up. Malik will bring the ball up, and yeah, we've seen what Malik will do when he brings sure the ball up. <laughs> Alizé is just, he's going to find a way to create his own shots somehow, uh, and I think it would just be, I want that. Give me that, because that would be just yeah, absolutely be awesome. And, and there's a shot that, depending on how, on how the standings finish, I mean, that could be your championship game. That could be for a bid. And before, you know, we'll get into the Missouri Valley a little bit later, but there's one bid, so you know if that's a Sunday matchup, they're playing for the one automatic bid for also, the NCAA tournament. Something to just ponder. I'm not. I'm not sure if you know. Um, Missouri State's campus was as in Springfield, mm-hmm. Springfield, Missouri. Mm-hmm. I just wonder how far that is from St. Louis. Um, is that you know reasonable traveling traveling distance they, for a they, fan base? They or? travel well, okay. and I think last year, hours last year, that I believe, if I'm not mistaken, it's about two. Okay. Um, so if they make a Sunday afternoon game, there's going to be some Bears fans. In and I, I'm telling you, last year, I, I my first year here at Illinois State, I did not go to Arch Madness. Last year I went, and by far and away, the two teams that traveled the most, fan, fan-wise, fan obviously, were Illinois State and Wichita. Wichita had ISUB. Right. You know, I, I hate to, you know, diss you Redbird faithful out there, but Wichita State, that place was yellow. Mm-hmm. It could have been, I mean, Thursday night, Thursday night, for example, uh, Wichita State is, you know, they're not off. Playing. They're not okay. playing. They're literally Greg Marshall and the team is sitting there watching Bradley mm. play Indiana State. No, Bradley played Drake. Indiana State played Evansville. And they obviously, yeah. or yeah. Wichita had the winner of Bradley and Drake and they got Bradley. But they were there watching and it was like everybody in the house knew that Greg Marshall was going to be there because the place was yellow. Nice. You didn't see any Bradley red. You didn't see any Drake blue. You just saw yellow. You saw yellow and black and that was what it was the entire weekend for games that they weren't even playing in. I mean, they played they had the night game on Saturday at 11 a.m. for Illinois State Evansville. Yellow. Man. Wasn't so they traveled well. Sorry, that's mm-hmm. that's just it. But when Missouri State played, they were they were there. They were loud. Uh, that was one of the semifinal matchups. Was Wichita State and Missouri State, okay. and they filled that place mm-hmm. uh, throughout the weekend. Wichita kind of had it sixty forty to anybody, and that right. was kind of what it was. But Missouri State filled it up about forty percent. So mm-hmm. I bet you that would be pretty loud. Yeah. Um, but Malik Yarborough. Yeah. I, I believe he's going to win Newcomer of the Year oh, unanimously. No, I think that's, that one that's is locked a, up. That's yeah, that's, that's yeah. That's for him. That's that's mm-hmm. nothing. He's got he had that one locked up two weeks in yeah. the season. But Player of the Year, I think, is going to come down to. I I said about two weeks ago, it's going to come down to 
truly what team finishes higher in the rankings. And right now, Alizé is grabbing about six more rebounds a game than Malik, and I said I think that'll be the difference. Mm-hmm. And I think he edges Malik, and then Malik's not Malik's scoring him though. Yeah, but those last, I think the two games before this Bradley game, he had you know a couple clunkers. Yeah, nine and I think, points, and then obviously it sets Malik up real nicely to Alizé's gone next year. So if Malik okay. returns, which he's popping up on prospects, he's yeah. popping up on those those NBA prospect mm-hmm. lists. So I don't, I, mean, I don't expect, I don't think he'll leave. He might declare and, and get like an evaluation. The same thing, the same thing that Alizé did uh-huh. last year, declare. Pull his name mm-hmm. and, but you know, declare. I mean, because yeah. it's a lot different than football. You can right. declare and come on right back. Uh-huh. But the nice thing is, is he'll come back. And I bet you, you know, I don't know. There, there's really no highly regarded recruits coming no. in. So I, Malik might lock that one up yeah. for for 2019. Mm-hmm. Uh, but moving on uh, here on the Redbird Report as we record this on Thursday afternoon after Illinois State beats Bradley 70 to 57. Something I don't think. I ever would have guessed I'd see, especially at the beginning of the season. Right. Matt Hine has started more games than William Tinsley and Elijah Clarence combined. Yeah. And Clarence, to his credit, hasn't started a game, but those are the three that we've kind of bunched in to talk about here today. Uh, but Matt Hine has started more games than William Tinsley, and throughout the season, Matt Hine is now averaging more minutes a game than William Tinsley. Nate your thoughts on that <laughs> because i i could go all day about th- this but before you know we get the wheels turned your thoughts nate okay uh, my thoughts on that is it is crazy to look at a box score and see that matt Hine played 32 minutes last night 32 minutes i mean he played he played just the most minutes on the team last night matt Hine. he just he played i believe last year alone mm-hmm. he played because Jim Benson from the Panagraph and I talked about it last night. I asked him, I said, did you think when William Tinsley committed here that uh, he would have thought Matt Hyde would be starting more? And Jim looked at me and said, there's no way that he even went to practice. And he probably looked and said, ah, I don't got to worry about that guy. At Matt Hyde, I believe the number was in the 30s, what he, what he played total last right. year. Last night he, he right. played the same amount. And now – I don't mean to drag him because honestly, it's getting hard to ignore some of the contributions he, he's having for this team. So yeah, I mean, and he, he's played very well. He's played bit. well enough to stay in the rotation. Yeah. So by any means, I don't think we're we're you know trolling him or doing anything like that. We're just saying it is surprising to see that he has emerged as this kind of guy from Mueller off the bench. Not a leader, like, but a, yeah. a true role player. Yeah. And you know, I I, I saw him talking in his post game thing last night. He was saying that. You know, his role, he sees it as he just comes in and brings energy. He doesn't necessarily feel like he has to score. And I think that's, you know, really accurate. I think if there's a loose ball, Matt Hines is going to be on the ground for it or on the floor. So he does a lot of those plays. He makes, you know, the occasional three-pointers. So he does a lot of good. He's always hustling. I mean, you know, Muller will talk about the energy or competition level. I, Matt Hines' name has never been brought into that. So, um, yeah, good for Hines. I mean, he, he's playing minutes that I think he's earned. And... It's just definitely is surprising that he. I mean, he's doing a lot of good things out there. He makes he makes a lot of plays that don't necessarily show up in the box score. I think he had eight points last night. That's pretty good for a Matt Hine night. Eight points. He'll take that every night, I bet. And 
you know, just did you know numerous other things that were uh, that were big time for the Redbirds. Yeah, and, and you look back at a few games he's had this season, mm-hmm. and Keyshawn alluded to it yesterday, where he pretty much won them the game at Ole Miss in overtime, yeah, yep. which was humongous. That was crazy. And game. yeah, and then uh, Indiana State on New Year's Eve, he comes out, hits three threes in the first half, adds a second one or adds a fourth one mm-hmm. in the second half, and that's a new career high for Matt Hine right there. I mean, those are just two games that stand out to me, but the. The thing is, is like you said, he played the most minutes last night. 30, he's playing 32 minutes, and he's playing 32 good minutes. Right. It's not like he's just getting in there because they need a body because Madison Williams is out yeah. last night. I think he would have played maybe not 32 minutes with Madison Williams, but I, I, he would have played a he lot last played, night. I bet you he would have still – 24. I, he I, I was going to say he was going to be in the 20s. Yeah. He was going to be in the 20s. And he's come so far mm-hmm. because – the one thing that we all, I mean, last year Illinois State was playing Southern Illinois in the semifinal at Arch Madness, and Matt Hine coughed up the ball for two turnovers in under 15 seconds. Mm-hmm. And then about 10 seconds later, he coughed up another one. Yeah. And it was kind of just like that's who he is. Mm-hmm. And he's, you know, he's been in the gym all summer long. He's practiced with this team, and, you know, he, he's grown past that. And that's something that I can only imagine how tough that is on the biggest stage of the year mm-hmm. you know you kind of you don't perform up to you know what your coach wants what your teammates want but he, he's played well and you got to give him credit and obviously the other part of the job is being critical of guys who don't perform well and the one guy who we sat here and talked highly of throughout you know the preseason after Lewis, he had a very good game that's still just about the only game he's had this season where it's looked like he's Got the potential that you know, Coach Muller thought and, and the media thought, but William Tinsley just doesn't seem to have it right now. I mean, he comes up with a huge three last night yep. uh, at the buzzer, which arguably, probably, I think, wins them the game. Obviously, a lot has to happen in the yeah. second half, but they grab the momentum and then they never relinquish the lead, and it's a big shot from him, especially a guy who's struggling. And but you look at it; he's now averaging less minutes than Matt Hind. Uh, his shooting percentage is sitting in the teens, and it just doesn't look like there's a turnaround for him. And it and it's 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 sad because of how highly touted he was out of Lakeland College. Um, but they need William Tinsley. He he's gonna go out and grab some boards. I mean, even even though he played, he played 17 minutes, grabbed four boards last night, um, three points, and added a block. Uh, but I just don't know what it is. I thought maybe it was a shooting slump, uh, but now I think it's time to start wondering if maybe the Division One level isn't for him. I think that's a at this point in the season. I think it's arg- it, you can argue that we're not in practice every day, so we don't see him competing with the likes of Malik Yarborough and and Phil Fain and Keyshawn. But uh, at this point, it, it's it might be safe to say he's found himself out of the starting lineup for Illinois State. Yeah. Is this just game too fast for him at this level? I think that definitely could be the case. I think there were, you know, a lot of high expectations, you know, projected on him. Um, a lot of them by us, and, and and he also he set them on himself. You know, the first game in front of Redbird Arena, just you know, just an exhibition, but everybody's anxious to get out there and see some action. And my goodness, he couldn't miss. I I think that's when you were like really sick. Oh, that, that was when I was dying. Oh my god, that was when I was dying. I I texted you. I said I'm s- I can't stop sweating. Yeah. I got a fever. Uh-huh. I got a cough. Yeah, that, that was oh, God. But I remember going to that game, and I'm thinking, oh, William Tinsley's going to be huge for the Redbirds this year. He's five for seven for three, and, and, and these weren't just like open threes. He's pulling up in guy's face. He couldn't miss. So I don't know what happened. I just looked. He's actually shooting 
23%, so not Ooh. teens. It was sitting in the 19s for, for a while there. Maybe, so. maybe that Nate shot last night. <laughs> oh. But, uh, nah, he shot. He was one for, for four. Yeah, he was one for four, so uh, 25, so it did go up. It did go up. Yeah, so yeah. <laughs> it went up a little bit. He's, you know, 17 <laughs> for, for 72, um, you know. I don't know. There's there's a shooting slump, and then there's just, you know, whatever else comes after that. Because at this point, he really just is really struggling, and then it's a confidence thing. And I understand that. You know, if I'm not making a shot, then all of a sudden, now I don't want to shoot. So it, it's definitely difficult for Timsley, and, and I think, you know, Muller's going to have to find a way to deal with that. And the one, the one shocking thing I thought was last night, William Timsley isn't a guy who, you mentioned it, before we came on air, you mentioned it. He's not a guy to drive and get to the basket, get fouled. But he got fouled, and, and, and it wasn't due to him driving in the basket. He got fouled on an off-ball play, goes to the free throw line. And as he's sitting there at the line, I was like, oh, this has got to be, what, maybe his fifth attempt? It was a sixth. He's three for six from the free throw line. The guy yes. shot six free throws all year long. You can't. Well, I was telling you, I think before we went on, on air here, he, he does not go inside the three-point line i mean last night is is when i the first time i was starting to see him kind of drive and, and, and look for other opportunities but before that he was almost exclusively shooting three-pointers i mean you wouldn't even see him within with below the line so maybe that's something you know that he that he's looking to you know expand his game on because you know if, if the shot's not falling maybe he can you know get to because he has good size i mean he's, he's taller than a lot of people would think um, he's a lean so, kid too. Yeah, he's yeah. a very lean kid. So you know, maybe he just maybe he needs to just get to go to the hoop, and then you see a couple fall from mid range or, or at the basket. Maybe that helps. I don't know. So hopefully he figures it out because I think you know. I mean, another shooter you can never have enough. And he's got a high. I, I I still do think he's got a high ceiling if he can figure it out. Uh, and then the last player to you know talk about here before we kind of wrap things up is Elijah Clarence, a kid who started off. I believe it was six games without scoring a basket, without scoring a point, uh, and now all of a sudden the light bulb has kind of flickered on here. You know that switch has been turned on, and he's looking like the player Illinois State thought he would be. Yeah. And, and the thing with Elijah is another kid, 6'4", probably 200 pounds, and he's a point guard. I mean, the kid's just got size. You can see that, and this is going all the way back to Charleston Southern, that right. first that first game, his first minutes, his first possession, he gets the oh ball, they God. take it out. Remember, remember that? that vividly. He, he broke a kid's ankles yeah. and just kind of turned the ball over, kind of just coughed it up. Yeah, tried to take on three people, yeah. put them all on a Glass poster. the kid, though. Glass the kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah he did. But the thing is, is I think that that early, the early sightings of Elijah Clarence aren't the true Clarence, I think he was trying to he's show way too quick. He was some he was forgetting the ball a lot of times because he's so quick that he was even trying to be even quicker than he already is. I mean, it, he he was going so fast with his moves to the hoop. I mean, he, he was forgetting a, a pretty important. Part. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty important part of the ball. You need the ball, but uh, I think a lot of it was maybe some anxiety, some anxiousness yeah. that I want to get out there. I want to show what I got. You know, mm-hmm. I came in a highly touted freshman mm-hmm. uh, but I think he's about to turn a corner and at the right time too because Illinois State's four and three in the Missouri Valley Conference right now and last night it was kind of talked about with both coaches uh, how it's pretty wide open and when you look at the standings Missouri State and Drake and Loyola Chicago all five and two 
inside the conference. Illinois State, Indiana State, four and three, and then Bradley and Southern Illinois, three and four, and then at the bottom, Evansville, Valparaiso, and Northern Iowa, all at two and five. The Northern Iowa Panthers, who started zero and five, are three games out. Here they uh, come, first place, three games out. Last year at this time, if you started two and five. Or in Northern Iowa's case, back-to-back years where they've started 0-5. You're playing on Thursday. You're out. Yeah. You're you're out. You mm-hmm. might as well just, you know what, we'll win three games, stay out of Thursday, mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, finish six. You know, get that six seed, play on, play on Friday afternoon. But three games out of first place, and you're 2-5. and five. Missouri State, the conference favorite, preseason favorite, 5-2. and two. I haven't been super impressed with them, mostly because of the fact that Without Alizé Johnson, that team is sitting yeah. three and four. Right. That well, team sitting maybe, three and four. Could you say the same about ISU Malik Yarbrough? Though? Yeah, yeah, and they're maybe four not and, as and, and, and they're four and, and they're four and three with him. I mm-hmm. mean, that's just it. Mm-hmm. I don't without Malik Yarbrough. I mean, this team might be playing. You hate to say it, this team might be playing on Thursday. Uh, and is that the bottom four? That's the bottom play? four. Okay. Bottom four. Um, and it's just. I don't know what to think. I had Illinois State finishing thirteen and five in the Missouri Valley Conference, which I guess is still in play. But yeah, I don't see it close. happening. I don't see it happening. Of those teams, I'll tell you, there's three. There's three teams that I have been somewhat impressed with, and that'll be Loyola, that'll be uh, Indiana State, and honestly, I mean, I know people are waiting for the fall off of Drake, but. Even Drake has, has shown spurts. I mean, they go to Northern Iowa uh, Tuesday on Tuesday. They lost by I want to I think it was, it was like two or three. Yeah, they lost, but they fought. I mean, mm-hmm. that's just it. And they got Reed Timmer, Reed Timmer, who yeah. Illinois State knows yeah. can light oh, it up. Uh, Loyola Chicago's got guys like Andre Jackson, Clayton Custer. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, that's a team. Dante Ingram. Yeah. That's a team that I think I right now. If if you if you had me put money on a team. You know, and, I, and that's not, you know, we don't put money on anything here. But um, if you had to, I'm putting money on Loyola Chicago to take the Missouri Valley. Um, and then rounding out that is obviously Indiana State, four and three, uh, one game out of first place. And the thing about them is I I think Brenton Scott is very good. And obviously he was, you know, all conference, pre, preseason all conference team for a reason. And Jordan Barnes, I'll tell you what. The kid is young, but the kid can play, and so that's why I kind of am. And I'm a little impressed with Indiana State, and, and this place, this is just wide open at this point. The Missouri Valley is open for anybody. Oh, I mean, wide open is an understatement. Like you said, we were talking to Muller after the game last night about it. We were almost joking how you know he's one game out of first place, but he's you know two out of last. So it's really interesting, and it's um you know it's entertaining it's nice that there's you know this such a degree of parity within the conference um last year it was you know you knew it was kind of going to happen so this year you know northern iowa two and five last place right now they could shoot right up i mean it's this that quick um i agree with the three teams that you you know pointed out i think all of them have shown something uh another team is yeah like, like you said indiana state that's going to be you know a good one on saturday both teams are you know playing very Similar. I mean, if you not just record standpoint. I mean, they're four and three, both of them. They're uh, you know at home. They're both six and three. Which, I mean, if you ask Dan Muller, if he wanted to be six and three at home at this point, yeah, he don't like that. So it's going to be interesting to see how you know ISU can 
you know, build on this win and, and take it to, you know, Terre Haute and, you know, and hopefully for the Redbirds, um, you know, in, in their perspective, it'd be nice for them to get another win. But yeah, I mean, because if you win on Saturday, uh, you move to five and three, and you might be sitting in first place. Yeah, five, yeah, <laughs> you might be. be sitting in first place. Yeah. I mean, but this is the year that the conference champion is going to finish with. I bet you the conference champion finishes with at least five, at least five, five at least five losses. And uh, another thing that we keep talking about, I bet you when it comes to Arch Madness, I'm going to. Go out there and say, usually you don't see a team that plays on Thursday advance to Saturday. Yeah. Especially because if you play that, uh, that could be it's Island. an 8 o'clock game. I believe it's an 8 o'clock. The second game on Thursday is and like And you wake up the next morning. And you have that 11 a.m. Mm-hmm. game. So you literally go from 8 o'clock to 11 o'clock. I mean, less than 12 hours to prepare for a game. I mean, That's less than probably 8 that like you have to get back AAU to. Yeah. Stuff. Yeah. So I'm, but I think that a team playing on Thursday gets to Saturday. That's my prediction. Um, but if, if if I were to – if I were to – I'm changing my – I keep changing my prediction for who's going to win Arch Madness. But uh, I think Loyola's going to win the regular season crown, and I think Missouri State goes down and, and takes it at Arch Madness. That's that's what I think now. Obviously, we're going to have a lot more yeah. – You know, we're going to talk a lot more basketball before that happens. Um, but – it's going to be fun, and uh, and you mentioned you you talked to Kirk Wessler yesterday. He came out with a very nice column uh, after last night's game about how maddening the Valley is this year because Dan Muller said it best. Last year you could be let's go let's go to last year's standings, and because it's 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 shocking. I told you before we got on air, a team that finished not finished five hundred was fine out of out of the playing games. Illinois State, Wichita State, seventeen and one each. Third and fourth place, nine and nine. Mm. Fifth place, eight and ten. Yeah. Eight and ten gets you in the playing game this year for sure. Nine and nine, you're not even safe. I don't think. No, because I think it's just going to continue. I think this trend is going to continue. Everyone's oh, just going to keep fight. beating everybody, mm-hmm. and it's it's you know there there's really no end in sight for these teams. But nonetheless, it's going to be exciting. St. Louis will be exciting, and Illinois State's got a big one. You don't want to call a you know the eighth game of the MVC an exciting one or um, a, big game. a super meaningful big game it's 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 kind of a big one for yeah. Illinois State and I think if they go last to, night was you know if they don't if they lose a third straight game then that's big time that might chalk just, that up yeah, so, you might chalk it up the rest so, yeah. of yeah I, I think it's a big one again uh, I think that Indiana State's going to look for a little revenge mm-hmm. because that was a game they should have won on New Year's Eve they had multiple yeah. Multiple chances to put that one away, come out victorious, and Greg Lansing said, "I'm he's like I'm straight up disappointed with this team. Yeah. This is a game we should have won." He goes, "We handed this one to Illinois State," and yep. he goes, "A good team will take advantage of that, and that's a good mm-hmm. team." I think they're going to have their hands full. Like I said, I'm re- I really like the play of Brenton Scott and Jordan Barnes, and they the two of them you know balled out at Redbird Arena on New Year's Eve, and I think they're going to do the same. I think it's going to come down to. Yes, yeah, and on final, a prediction. Uh, I'm going to I'm going to I think it's coming down to the final I think uh, I, the game is going to be decided after the under 4 media timeout okay. in the second half. And I, mm. I think Indiana State's going to take this one. Wow. I th- I think this is a team that one is going to have revenge on their mind and two is a I think they're a better Indiana State team than they have been in the past. I mean, we still have the Missouri Valley Conference standings up from last year, five and thirteen a year ago. I don't think they're the same five and thirteen team. And uh, I think Illinois State's going to get edged on this one. I'll give a score prediction of seventy six to seventy two. That's mine. Yeah, you know, I kind of tend to agree with that. It's so hard to pre- uh, predict Illinois State. You know, one game they'll look like 
they're ready Warren to Peters. go. Yeah. Yeah. So and then the, and then the next game it's like, you know. So I don't know. I, I believe Indiana State's gonna claw this one out too. I think they'll split the season series. Um I think it's I, I do believe it's gonna be close though. I don't think it's gonna be, you know, like that Drake game or oh anything my. like that. Uh, yeah. So um I'll go what? I'll go kind of lower scoring than you. I I'll kinda of go um Seventy to sixty-three. Yeah, I, I think it'll be. I think it'll. I think it'll stay close, but I just think uh, being on the road, road teams this year in the valley have not fared very well, and I think that trend will continue on Saturday, and the birds will come back home four and four, and uh, I shouldn't even say come back home, but they'll come back to normal mm-hmm. on Saturday night, uh, and then they'll prepare for Northern Iowa on Wednesday night. Another, even though you know they have not played very well. Of late, Northern Iowa still Northern Iowa, and that's Ben Jacobson. And you go back for another road contest, which you're going to try and avoid losing two in a row. Um, but uh, outside of that, it's 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 a it's a jumbled Missouri Valley Conference. It's a weird year in Illinois State basketball because I don't think they have an identity an identity yet, and uh, there's still a lot more basketball to be played. Uh, any closing uh, statements from you, Nate? Any final words for the people? Uh, man, nothing too insightful right now. I'm just, uh, yeah, looking forward to the end. I think it's going to be a crazy finish. Uh, like you said, everybody's beating up on each other. It's Yeah, it's going to be a photo finish, as they say. Looking forward to it. And that'll do it on this edition of the Redbird Report. Nate, thanks for joining us as always. Uh, for Nate Head, I'm Michael Mara. We'll join you next time. Check out our edition on Sunday. After Illinois State visits Indiana State, we'll have all that and more. We'll probably dive into a little women's basketball, but for now, that's all we got. Thank you for listening, and have a great day.